T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Sports Talk here on the Big 870. Mike to take you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. Want to tell everybody a little after 620 tonight, we'll have Kim Mulkey, women's basketball coach for the LSU Lady Fighting Tigers. Let's go back to our Oakland Heart Jewelers. Well, 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 Mike, before we go back to Mike in Mid-City, um, no, I, I just want to say, uh, because uh, 1715, uh, the question, I want you to text back to us, because I know you won't call the radio. Do you have a job, and that's the first question, and do you live with your mama? That's all I want to know. Okay, and just be honest. Just be honest and objective and just text back. That being uh, 17, 15, you know who you are. Do you live with your mama, and and do you have a job? That's all I want to know. We're going to go to Mike in Mid-City. Mike in Huddle with Bobby and Mike. Hey, how y'all feeling? All right, Mike, how you been, bud? Thank y'all for taking my call. Yeah, Bobby. Like, like you, 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 you act like you are uh, Derek Carr's agent or something, right? You know, I mean, and you be the point for the talk about who can hold whoever on that stuff. I don't think you're one of these cards. I'm not putting. I'm not putting that in Dalton Dalton either. But I don't think Carr or Dalton can hold Garoppolo. That's that. Okay, 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 Mike. I heard what you said. You said that you don't think Derek Carr or Andy Dalton can hold Jimmy G's jockstrap. Let me tell you, uh, Derek Carr is better than Jimmy G. If you'd have put Derek Carr on the San Francisco 49ers, he'd have had as much success as Jimmy G. You know, it doesn't matter right place, right time. I think there's not supply and demand. Jimmy G can make over $30 million. Derek Carr will make over $30 million. Mike, you could disagree with me. I, I just think Derek Carr is better than Jimmy G. And, 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 and he's, and he's, he's been more available. stable. He's, he's been available. More, he's more available. Uh, Jimmy G's been hurt way more than Derek Carr. Yeah. That, I mean, it's not uh, so. so it, would Mike, be, yeah. it would be close, but here's my deal. Man, when you have a guy that has spent that much downtime, like Garoppolo has, when he has played, give me the guy that, that can answer the bell. And Derek Carr does. You got to give him full credit there. Uh, I think it's close, but I would go with Derek Carr. No question. Because a big part of it is availability. Yep. Yep, and, and, and that's why nothing against, listen, uh, Jimmy G and Derek Carr, considering the skins they have on the wall in the National Football League, they're going to get paid over $30 million. It's the market. It's just where we're at right now. Or are you going to win anything? Jimmy G got to the Super Bowl, but you have to look at the supporting cast of the 49ers. You look at Brock Purdy. He was Mr. Irrelevant. He came, became Mr. Irrelevant. And then uh, he was on the cusp of maybe going to the Super Bowl. Then he got hurt. Hassan Reddick hits him. 
But, but I'm telling you, I think Derek Carr is a notch better than Jimmy G. So, I and, agree with that. And, 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 I agree with And that. I think Jimmy G will have a great opportunity in the future, so will Derek Carr, because there's not enough quarterbacks in his 32 teams. Well, I think I, I think a quarterback may got to play as a runner better. I agree with that. <laughs> there's you no know, question about it. Okay, take a look at where Alabama's going to be this year, okay, with I think a guy, Bryce Young, who I'm – I'm a big fan of, uh, and I thought he could get them possibly back to a shot to win a national championship. Georgia, uh, man, Stetson Bennett did a great job, but Bryce Young is at another level. Look what Hendon Hooker did for the University of Tennessee, where he took that football team. So what if you put Bryce Young on, like, Georgia? (laughs) Then they're untouchable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's why you have to look at supporting cast. The quarterback is the man. You got to give Bennett a lot of credit. Okay, take Jaden Daniels off the LSU team. Where are you at? I, 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 I'm telling you right now, Jane Daniels uh, is going to be highly valuable come NFL uh, draft time. You let him build upon what he did with LSU this past season and how he plays the game and how he beat Alabama. I'm, I'm telling you, Jane Daniels, Mike, how the game is changing. It don't matter uh, how he can move. You wish he'd be. He a is a one read take off yeah, at yeah, time yeah, yeah. player. But the, man, uh, you just see him pulling away from people. Yeah, you, you wish he'd be a little thicker, but uh, his. But speed, that's not going to happen with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just built that way. But but uh, I, I, I'm telling you, you're going to be Mike. Uh, if he builds upon what he did last year, Jane Daniels, I think, is a first round draft pick next year. In the he NFL has draft. the potential to be. Yes. and I'm telling you what, the the guy at Tulane. I think he'll be up there also. Uh, I'm just telling you, that guy can fling Pratt. a football. Uh, Michael Pratt yeah. is a really, really good uh, prospect uh, for the 2024 draft. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870. And Kim Mulkey, the Lady Tigers women head coach for basketball, right after this break. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detillier along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, on our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line, the uh, head women's basketball coach at LSU, Kim Mulkey. Coach, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, we all saw, and you know, we talked about it earlier in the program, uh, record viewership. Uh, we haven't had that since 2010 for a women's basketball game, though. The hardest part when you lose a game like that is, I think, getting it back to your players and also sometimes coaches that, hey, let's let not let South Carolina beat us twice. Let's move on from this. We can't do anything about South Carolina. Let's move on to Ole Miss. 
Well, we we talked about it before. Listen, <laughs> we got our butts handed to us, and that's not fun as a competitor. The best thing I can – well, there's two things I can say that were good about it. One, we were on the, a big, big stage, which was outstanding. Uh, the viewership was great. LSU, you can't put a dollar value on being on that stage. We fought hard. We cut the lead five and cut it three. But at the end of the day, they just have – weapons that we don't have hell they got weapons that a lot of us don't have in the in the women's game right now it's south carolina and it's everybody else uh so we talked about all of this prior to the game we understood what we were facing uh it was just one of those games where hey from the tip they just brought it and uh kudos to them we will rebound we've got four remaining games and as i told everybody if we lose any of these remaining games, it won't be because of the South Carolina loss. It will just be because it's February, everybody's tired, everybody's annoyed at everybody, everybody's grinding out just one more win to try to get a, a place in the NCAA tournament. Now, Coach Mulkey, you talked about uh, the interest and uh, before the Super Bowl and all that, uh, you said you wanted uh, fans to tune in, and they, they obviously did tune in. I was looking at, uh, I don't know, 1.5, 1.6 million uh, viewers, even maybe up to 1.7 million. Uh, and you look at the programming with ESPN, the most watched regular season women's college basketball game on any network since 2010. So you're talking about over a dozen years, and you look when you were in that, to be good for the game, uh, that when you get that kind of exposure. Bobby, it is good for the game. It's, it's, it's really um... – uh, you can't put a dollar value on it. I told you guys the last time we talked, there aren't many, uh, there aren't any women's programs that make money. But the dollar value um, that that you can help a university, somebody watched and said, "Ooh, I've got a little interest in maybe becoming a student at LSU." Now that I've watched them, uh, you just you, you can't understand. When I was a player, when I was a player. Literally, one game was shown on national television, and it was CBS covering the national championship games. And now you can tune in just about every night and find a game. Uh, but but that stage doesn't happen much for women's basketball. Now, uh, Coach Mulkey, what about uh, the Ole Miss Rebels? Uh, obviously, you got them tomorrow night. And, um, you know, uh, old football term, but I, I don't know what you say in basketball. We'd always say, like, one snap and clear. Uh, so whether you had success on a play or you had a negative play, whether you threw a touchdown or threw an interception, you got to keep playing. Uh, you got to uh, go out there. And so, so how do you like what kind of pep talk or how you relate to the players as far as, OK, uh, th- that's in the past. We got to look forward for Ole, Ole Miss coming to town uh, Thursday night. We played Sunday. I gave the team off on Monday or I would have watched the South Carolina game film with them. I watched the Super Bowl. I observed things. I learned, and I took what Jalen Hurts said after the game when they interviewed him. You win or you learn. He didn't say you win or you lose. We all know that. But he said you win or you learn, and he says, I'm going to learn. And I took his article, and I handed it out to everyone in that locker room, and I made them read it, and we read it. So what did you learn, Flage Johnson? What did you learn, Alexis Mars? How about you, Angel Reese? Because you're going to be in this position again during your career here. Maybe get the chance to play them again if you can get to the championship of the conference tournament. What did you learn? And so that's that's how I approached it. And then we flushed it. 
And then we said, you're getting ready to play an Ole Miss team that's trying to finish in the top four in the league and get a bye in the conference tournament. They're playing really good. Uh, We've got our hands full. They guard you pretty darn good. They're not as big as we are, but their guards are very difficult to defend. And then you start giving your scouting report on on, um, Ole Miss. Coach, uh, we had Chessa Boucher on with us Monday, and uh, she was at the game in, in Columbia, and she was like, you know what, I played a little bit of basketball uh, in my life. I've never seen a crowd so electric like it was <laughs> in Columbia. She was like, I've never seen anything close to that for a women's basketball game. And so for you, even though on the losing side, that has to say volumes for what you've been able to help bring the women's game outside this region that so many people would watch. And I watched Chester grow up. Uh, that tells you how old I am. She used to come to our camps at Louisiana Tech. And I appreciate her and her station for making the effort to get there. Uh, it was electric. It was something that a lot of my players had never uh, been a part of. They've ne- at, at LSU now, they've been a part of, you know, 14,000, 15,000 that we've put in here. But think about this statement. There's only been two sellouts in the SEC in women's basketball this year. One at LSU, and then LSU involved with that game Sunday against South Carolina. That's pretty impressive. It was electric. It was everything that you hope your players get to play in front of. And uh, I have played in front of 72,000 before at the RCA Dome, and it's no longer in existence. But back during the prior to the 84 Olympics, we did a doubleheader with the men. And they were playing against the likes of Magic and Larry Bird and McHale and all those guys. So I have seen bigger. I have played in, in or I have coached in bigger, uh, with a bigger attendance at, at the Final Fours. But for my team at LSU right now, man, we needed that. We didn't need a butt kicking, but we needed that experience. Uh, we need them to learn from it. And uh, she's right. It was something else. And guys, they played unbelievable, and I, I say that with, with much respect. I've watched so much film on those guys, and they're so good, but I'm telling you, they couldn't miss. They made everything they shot. They pushed us around like little rag dolls out there, but it was a great learning experience. Now, uh, Coach Morgan, when you look at like getting players on campus and uh, recruiting, uh, I was reading an interesting article. Uh, I can't think of her name now. I think it was uh, Last Tear or something. She's like French Polynesian. And yeah, Last Tear Poa. P O A is her last name. She's my Australian kid. Yeah. Like, so is it that right there is telling me that women's basketball, just sports in general, is truly international? Whether you go to JUCO and how you're recruiting, transfer portal. You could get them anywhere north, south, east, and west if they live on uh, on the earth. <laughs> she she was the number one rated JUCO player in the country, and we got her. Uh, and she's playing really, really good. She, she's a point guard, and she shares time with Alexis Mars, who's a senior having an outstanding year. Uh, Poa is um, she is of the the Polynesian, you know, uh, South Pacific descent. Right. Uh, her, her, she's got an interesting story about her first name, last tier, and if you'll read about it, her grandmother, who she never got to meet, made a comment to her mom. Uh, I don't know, right before she passed away, and a tear was coming like out of her eye or something, and they were Whoa. saying that's her last tear. So it's something along those lines, but. 
Yep. She is a, a young lady that you're going to hear a lot from. You just haven't heard much from her because she and is coming off the bench playing behind Alexis Mars. But she's she she wasn't afraid in that game, and I probably should have played her in that South Carolina game more because she has a little college experience being from the JUCO level. But she certainly wasn't afraid. Now, uh, Coach Walker, you're talking about uh, the moment and all that. And, uh, you know, you got to have players coming off the bench or you look at your starters and how they're going to contribute. Explain to the fans maybe that uh, you could have a playmaker. And what I mean by that, uh, like almost like a Chris Paul, but the female version who could distribute. But they also could shoot at a high level, like the three-point shot if they left open. Is she in that category? She could play both roles or what? Well, she scored a lot of points in JUCO. Now, what she has done since she's been here, she's become like a facilitator, and I have to fuss at her and tell her, you need to shoot it more. She's capable of scoring points. She's just one of these that looks to pass first and, and you know, shoot second. You know that. You, you've seen quarterbacks at every right. level that you call them, hey, just go manage the game for us. Get it in the right hands of the right people, and then you've got those gunslingers that can throw it all over the field. She can score points. She just you know, you have, she's such a unselfish kid. You just have to tell her, look for your shot, Poa. Uh, and she will. It, she's just become really, really more comfortable of late. She was not here this summer. She's really close to her family in Australia. And I told her to stay home for the summer and get here in the fall. So she's really had to catch up both conditioning and learning the system. And I think she's playing her best basketball. Now, uh, Coach Mulkey, when you look at even when you were playing – are like uh, when you look at Pat Summit and you look at Tennessee, you look at the great teams you had at Baylor, you look at Louisiana Tech, Stanford, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, and, and I'm not trying to like promote them more, but uh, does it, isn't South Carolina, it seems like I'm just watching the game, uh, I was into it, but it seems like they're too deep. That, 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 that all of a sudden their, their second string could probably qualify for the NCAA tournament. Is that a fair assessment or what? Coach, it reminded me of growing up watching UCLA. And I read a book on John Wooden, and he was saying, the only team that could beat my varsity was at that time freshmen weren't playing. He said it was my freshman team. And that's what South Carolina looked like. Well, well, they, and, to, to come off the and, bench, and, and, that, that team could – really give the starters a pretty good run at it. And Coach Morgan, with Mike saying, uh, you probably know the story because you're a basketball historian. You know, you know, Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but all of a sudden the freshmen couldn't play. And I think it was Gail Goodrich and all. that They won the national championship, and the freshman team beat them by 12 points. Uh-huh. And listen, you're right. I'm a historian. I know all of that. I can even tell you something. John Wooden taught Bill Walton how to put his socks on correctly. Yep. Go read that story. Snug, snug, snug. South Carolina reminds me of a couple of my teams. My 2019 team had the size, six seven. Kalani Brown right here from Louisiana, Salmon High School in Slidell, six five. Lauren Cox. You couldn't guard them. You can't jump up there. You can't create that size overnight. So we knew what we faced. I knew what we faced because I've coached that. When I was a player at Louisiana Tech, we were dominant. And I always heard this, and and it was the truth. We were ranked number one in the country for a long time. And our our subs off the bench, guys, literally could have been the number two ranked team in the country. We were that deep. South Carolina, 50 now, listen to this, 52 or 54% of their scoring comes from their bench. 
(laughs) So what does that tell you? Not only does it tell you how deep they are, it tells you how experienced they are, and it probably tells you she doesn't start her best players because you got to kind of pick and choose and make sure this one plays Right. You know, good with this one. So that's, I mean, it's just a luxury. And when you can have that, particularly this day and time with the transfer portal, you've got something special and you've got a bunch of unselfish kids. Coach, thanks so much for joining us tonight. And we really always appreciate it. Uh, believe me, you'd be on Mount Rushmore for us as far as guests. <laughs> no question about it. Guys, and we appreciate have it. a good one. And y'all stay out of trouble, all right? Well, we're going to try, Coach. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Coach Mulkey. Uh, that was Kim Mulkey, uh, head women's basketball coach at LSU. But that's how good the South Carolina Gamecocks are this year. Yeah, they are really something like you special. You can look at UConn, uh, Tennessee, Pat Summit, like like like, like Coach Mulkey was saying. That's as good as you'll find. Louisiana Tech, seen. Baylor. Yeah, no, it's that good. We'll be back with more sports talk. And Jake Madison talking a little bit of Pelican talk right after this break on the Big 870. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 8. Seventy and joining us now from Locked On Pelicans is Jake Madison. Jake, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Of course, thanks for having me on, you guys. Jake, uh, we, we got a little coin riding between the three of us, Bobby and I and uh, Charlie. Uh, LeBron's playing tonight, or what? I would assume he's playing. Last <laughs> I heard was that he's going to play. This is a guy that I don't know what it is with the Pelicans and injured players coming back to return against them, but maybe it's a sign of respect, right? Maybe it's a sign that they need these star players to try and beat the Pelicans because the Pelicans are good, but this always happens, so I'm expecting LeBron to play tonight. Now, uh, Jake, what is your take? Um, listen, I'm so discouraged. i, I, I got to be honest. I'm like, come on. you got to be kidding me. What's up with Zion, high-performance car, Lamborghini, Ferrari, He's not available. Then now you're looking post All Star break and all that. But now, uh, boy, uh, boy, talk about a lot of put a lot of hay in the barn. Uh, Bi Brandon Ingram. I'm looking at the Pels have won what four or five games. Uh, one game remaining. We all know before the All Star break they're going to play the Lakers tonight. But then uh, Bi scored 34 points, and uh, you probably know uh, the research on this. If he gets off to a great start, does that help him maybe to have a 30-point performance? The reason why I bring that up, uh, against Oklahoma City, he scored uh, the team's first 12 points of the game, and he had 16 points in the first quarter, 6 of 8 shooting. If he has that kind of game against the Lakers, uh, he's scoring 30 points, I think. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's he, so much as he gets off to a good start as he's just kind of back, right? We saw him come back from that toe contusion that kept him out for – a very extended period of time, and he was a little bit rusty, and now he seems to kind of be in the groove of things. You know, over his past couple of games, he's averaging right around 30 points per game, and you can even go back to the last Laker game where he came in and closed that game out. He scored 18 points, 19 points in the second half of that one to lift the Pelicans to a win after they were down double digits at one point. And so I think it's so much as can he just get in a rhythm against the Oklahoma City Thunder? I think he had 12 points, the first 12 points in that first quarter for New Orleans. And then he came on strong late in the game, too. He had two very contested mid-range jumpers that he trained that both looked incredible that that really iced the game for the Pelicans. So it's just making sure that he gets in a rhythm, making sure that there's enough offense from other guys around him to keep that defense honest a little bit too. And if they do that, he's going to be able to go for 30 plus and look, being a former Laker, he loves to stick it to that team a little bit. So I think he's going to be a little bit extra motivated tonight. Now, uh, uh, Jake, uh, uh, I I like the trade uh, based on, I think what's going to come forth in the future 
And then uh, his debut, uh, like he's from Oklahoma. Josh uh, Richardson tied a career high with five steals in his debut. Uh, but what is your take right here? Because I'm looking at SGA. Uh, all of a sudden, he was averaging 31 points a contest. And then he was 8 of 21 shooting. The combination of Herb Jones and Richardson spent the mar- majority of the time on him. So uh, I'm excited about Richardson and his contribution going forward for the Pels in the back end of the season. Yeah, you know, I, I think I was wrong about this move. I looked at this mostly as kind of a salary dump for the Pelicans, trying to kind of clear some salary going into next season to maybe stay under the luxury tax. Their concerns about how close they could get to that and whether they would pay it or not. And I thought of him more or less as like an inconsequential player. And then he was the first sub off the bench. And Willie Green put his trust in him early, and it was paid. It paid off, right? Five steals, as you mentioned, including helping out on Shea Gildas Alexander late in the game for a key steal that turned into fast break points for New Orleans. You know, he made an immediate impact, and just having a veteran like that who knows where to be defensively can make solid plays like that and give you just enough offense. He had ten points in that game, really kind of being aggressive in the second half, looking for that mid-range jumper that the defense was giving him. Having a smart basketball player like that you know only elevates your squad and that's a guy that I think the team is really going to rely on down the stretch you know as a good locker room guy as a guy to kind of settle things down out there on the court and if he can give him a little bit more offense he was 0 for 4 from 3 in that first game they get some three-point shooting out of him and he has a higher three-point percentage this year than Devontae Graham does they're going to really be happy with that trade and don't mind giving up the four second round picks for him now uh Jake when you look at um Obviously, uh, put it this way, I didn't think they were going to beat the Thunder uh, because C.J. McCollum, um, he was sidelined with uh, with a right ankle sprain. Uh, the question I have, what's his status uh, tonight against the Lakers? Uh, so, so that's my uh, first part of the question. Uh, what would be the contribution of C.J. McCollum? And uh, if you were a coach, because, Jake, we all fantasize and we could be like how we'd address the team. Uh, I mean, I I think we have enough veterans on the team that can understand. Uh, let's see, you can't worry about Zion. What happened last year? Look, we made the postseason. Zion out of sight, out of mind. We don't know when he's coming back. I want you to address that, uh, you know, after the All-Star break. And then where C.J. McCollum's at right now. Yeah, for CJ tonight, he's listed as questionable. I think he's going to try and give it a go in warm-ups, and, and we'll see. So it's going to be 50-50 whether he plays or not. But they're certainly going to need him against the Lakers. The Lakers kind of retooling their team at the trade deadline, adding a little bit more shooting, a little bit more offense in Malik Beasley with D'Angelo Russell coming in too. They could really use the offense from CJ McCollum in this game to try and keep up with the Lakers on this. And that's a team they're really competing with for some of these final playoff spots. You know, as opposed to going – in terms of going forward – even during that 10-game losing streak, I never really panicked when it came to this Pelicans team. I'm sure, Bobby, you were a little frustrated with me coming on the show a number of times saying, like, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> but dur- during that 10-game losing streak, you could see kind of flashes of the team that was first place in the West, that even when Brain Ingram went down, they re- remained the third seed in the Western Conference for a number of weeks. That team didn't just vanish. It was just a combination of factors, the toughest schedule, part of their schedule, no B.I. or Zion Williamson, and a shooting slump from a guy like Trey Murphy. All those factors led to 10 losses. But when all of those things aren't hitting at once, this team is still really good. And when you look at this roster, 
they, as long as they have one of Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson, they're still going to win more games than they're going to lose. And you factor in that they have the easiest strength of schedule remaining after the All-Star break. They're in a good position to go on a run similar to like what they did last year, except you would say this team's better than it was last year. Trey Murphy is a better player than right. he was last More year. More confident. Herb Jones is a better defensive player. You have another vet in Josh Richardson. Jose Alvarado wasn't in the rotation really to close the year out. He's in it there now. Najee Marshall looks like he stepped up a little bit too. So you have all the makings of the team that went on the run last year, but just ramped up a little bit, a little bit better, along with an easy schedule. You can win a lot of games still without Zion Williamson. I'm very confident that the Pelicans can still avoid the play-in tournament. They're only a game out right now of the fourth seed in the Western Conference. So they're playing to be able to host a home court series in the first round. Now, uh, Jake, uh, I don't know. You look at the trade deadline, and obviously we talk about Richardson coming to the Pelicans. Has it been uh, that chaotic or like, whoa, big splashes? uh, Because you witnessed this year and you're out. I want your take on um, Kyrie Irving going to the Mavericks. Uh, really, with, how with, it with affected Luka. the West? No, yeah, the West. Yeah, Kyrie Irving uh, going with Luca, and then Kevin Durant with the Suns. So, what's your take on that? Because we haven't had you on since that all came down. And the Lakers also, and what they were able to add. To yeah, with lineup. Russell. Yep. It's an arms race, right? That's what you kind of saw there, and it started with the Mavericks kind of going all in and getting Kyrie Irving. And you're going to see a theme in almost all of these moves. Kyrie and Luka is a dangerous, a dangerous backcourt in terms of scoring the basketball. Not so much defense there. You then have the Suns kind of going all in, getting Kevin Durant, trading Bridges away, one of their best wing defenders too. They're going all in. And you see the Lakers retool. They added D'Angelo Russell, a scoring guard. They added Malik Beasley, who's a great three-point shooter. And they added Jared Vanderbilt, who's a pretty good small ball big man, small ball five. When you look at the West, it's it's kind of all offense right now, and you're going to need to really keep up with all of those teams. And right. the Pelicans have been slipping offensively, but that's mainly because they haven't been fully healthy. I think the one advantage New Orleans might have when you look at all of that and how it all stacks up is New Orleans, despite all the injuries, has been a top-10 defense all season long. They've been a top-10 defensive rebounding team all season long. They've proven they can get some stops and slow down opponents. And you're going to need to be able to do that in the postseason because those teams aren't going to always score. So by getting some stops, I think if your high-powered offense is really clicking and they had one of the best offenses in the league in the minimum in the minimal games that we've seen, C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and Zion Williamson play, if they get healthy, they're a team that has both offense and defense. And none of the other Western Conference contenders can really say that. They're all offensively geared. That could give the Pelicans an advantage in a in a playoff series, I think, and really keep them in contention. But, look, you look around the league and you see Durant, Kyrie Irving, some of these other moves. The Nuggets made small little moves that kind of shored up their biggest glaring weaknesses. Same for the Los Angeles Clippers, too. That scares you a little bit. I wonder if that impacted the Pelicans and their kind of plans at the trade deadline, saying like, okay, we don't need to kind of push all of our chips in right now because it's going to be tough. Or maybe they just believe in their team that much. But the Western Conference playoffs are going to be something. Jake, thanks so much for joining us, man. We really appreciated all your insights. And uh, who I'm interested in watching down the stretch, Kyra Lewis Jr. I think he's the unknown factor here. And I'm interested to see how well he can contribute to this basketball team down the stretch because he'll be given that opportunity. 
Yeah, I think so, too. Look, he's a flashy guy that can, has speed, can kind of get to the rim. They need to put a little bit more pressure on the hoop. He's a guy that can do it. Well, Thanks Jake, so much, Jake. Uh, uh, Jake, as we're leaving right quick, um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not trying to be negative, but it's like you might see some bootleg T-shirts out there. Just Zion, he's hell when he's well. <laughs> and they might be selling that outside the arena. I mean, uh, come on. I mean, uh, with, with Zion – uh, I mean, uh, uh, look, uh, uh, so what do we guarantee him? You know, we always poo-poo NFL players when they got all this guarantee. What are we paying him, over $200 million? Is he going to play? Uh, pretty much. I think he'll yeah. play this season. I think we'll see him in the postseason. Okay. So hopefully Hello. he can just get right soon. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jake. We appreciate it. For all things Pelicans, subscribe to the Lock On Pelicans on the Odyssey app, part of the Locked On Podyssey uh, podcast network, your team every day. We'll be back to finish it up here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Finishing up here on Sports Talk on the Big 870, we want to tell everybody on Fat Tuesday, got the party crew of WWL. We'll bring it to you. Marty Gros Mambo, wall to wall coverage of the greatest free show on earth. Our WWL Mardi Gras coverage starts at 5 a.m. with Dave Cohen with our carnival preview. Then at 8 a.m., let the good times roll with Tommy Tucker and Linda Cassidy from our sister station, Magic 101.9, followed at 11 by Newell Norman and Scoot, live from the heart of the party at the Blake Hotel on St. Charles Avenue, just steps away from Gallia Hall. We'll bring you all the sights and sounds of Mardi Gras, the marching clubs, Zulu and Rex Experience Carnival 2023 with the crew of WWL live from the greatest free show on earth. 5 a.m. till we go no more yeah. on WWLFMAM.com and our sister station, Magic 101.9, live free on the Odyssey app, all brought to you by LCMC Health, keeping you well. Bob? Well, uh, no, listen, uh, I don't even know what really the definition of a troll, whatever, uh, but uh, this uh, 1715, you still never answered me. What do you do for a living, or, 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 and are you still living with your mom? What? He, he thinks this is going to offend me. He goes, oh, remember when Reggie White paid you a visit in the end zone and why you were the co-star in the, uh, the Lawrence Taylor documentary? What? I'm glad to be in the documentary with Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White, two of the greatest players ever. So please, I mean, I'll tell you. You talk about losers in life, 1715, and a troll of trolls. I mean, this cat, I mean, I guarantee he's still living with his mom. Get him, Bobby. I mean, he's still <laughs> living with his mom. He's just weak. I mean, th- th- this dude is weak. I mean, uh, listen, he probably is not having sex or anything. He's not <laughs> He's not doing anything to satisfy himself in life. So 1715, please keep texting because I am so highly entertained because Bobby, you, got, you want to entertain him? Show him your, your checkbook. No, no, I don't know. He, he has to move out <laughs> his mama's house. He got to move. He got to move out his mom's. Uh, but we don't have basements in Louisiana. We got to move out his mom's house. Come on. All right, Matt McMahon show will follow us here at seven o'clock. Bobby ended for us All tonight. All right, Bonne les gens. Good night, people. Who that? Go Saints. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network. From big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.